Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to. On today's episode, we're talking last night's AEW Dynamite on the road. Now, that's the uh, second to last stop, I guess, in terms of Dynamites. To AEW Revolution. That's correct. Uh, kind of an interesting episode. I guess it's been reported that a lot of people uh, that were supposed to be there uh, weren't there. Or couldn't. For some reason, yeah. Or another. Couldn't yeah. make it for some reason. And then Sting had an unfortunate passing in his family, which we'll talk about. It seemed to inform just a hell of a promo. For oh, that was spectacular. Man. Wasn't spectacular. that really good? Yeah. yeah. That was a hell of a promo. Some good matches on the show last night, too. Uh, we're going to talk about all that. But first, we got some news about AEW. We do. Let's talk about this first, Steve. So, oh, no. If you're watching Dynamite, like I was, like Steve was, yeah, like uh, you may have noticed that uh, one hangman out of page was, uh, was a solid ankle quite a bit yeah. after he escaped that muscle buster from Samoa Joe towards the end of the match. Uh, so much so that he was telling the ringside cameraman, hey, don't shoot me. Don't, don't photograph me. me. Don't do it. Right. And then I believe he had to be helped to the back. Yeah, yeah, Limping yeah. up the ramp after the show went off the air and then during last night's Wrestling Observer Radio. Brian Alvarez, Dave mm-hmm. Meltzer talked about uh, the possibility that Paige could have suffered a severe uh, leg injury. This is what they had to say. Steve, would you like to be Brian Alvarez or would you like to be Dave Meltzer? I'll do a Dave Meltzer. All right. So Alvarez says, he has to have it looked at. Could be a broken ankle. And then Meltzer says, yeah, that's what I heard. Alvarez follows. He has to have it looked at, and it could be a broken ankle, but it does appear to be a serious ankle injury. Sometimes we have people getting injured, and we don't know anything about it. They don't say anything, but this guy is fighting for the world title a little over a week. So if he's got a broken ankle, I think we're going to hear about it real quick because they're going to have to come up with something. They'll have to say something. It'll be on Saturday's show one way or the other if they don't announce something even sooner. But I think on Saturday's show, they'll have to address it if they think that he can't go. So... So he heard, Dave Meltzer says on Wrestling Observer Radio that he heard that it's a serious ankle injury. Could be a broken uh, ankle. Could be a broken ankle. That being said, you know, a lot of Hangman Adam Page fans, me including, might be worried about that. We can rest easy because Fightful Select reports that Page's injury was all part of an, a work and he was fine backstage. One talent told Fightful, yeah, he's okay. He's just really good at his job. I just realized the typo I made here is all part of an ankle. <laughs> da, da, da. Rather than angle. All part of an angle. Way to, oh. way to roll with it. <laughs> way to roll with it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I was sorry. This is neither here nor there. We're going to get to this snafu here in a second. I was, I was uh, watching a video about... <laughs> I was watching a video. I got a pair of LeBron nines ages ago. The LeBron or the Palmer yeah, yeah, ones. Yeah, the ones that got, kind of got like the Hawaiian print on it. They're a half a size too small for me. I got to I gotta unload these things, man. Uh, but I was like, okay, can I wear these out on the court? See how they do. And the guy, the guy he's one of them. Hey, welcome to Sneaker World. What's going on? Hey, like and subscribe. Let a, you know, they got these great supports on it. But while I was doing my review for the previous LeBron nines, I rolled my ankle. That being said, when you did, I was like, whoa, stop. You rolled your ankle? No, I, 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 I watching sneaker reviews, I've seen people talk about stuff about how they yeah rolled their ankle, broke their ankle. And it's so he, but it, like there was no like, okay, stop, guys. I rolled my ankle; it was messed up. He just completely added it to the flow of the show, yeah. and it's like, what'd you just say? Anyways, sorry. Um, yeah. So I don't know who Dave Meltzer might have heard this from, but look, man, I've said this before; I'll say it again because we get people in our comments, Larson, sometimes saying, 
I wish you guys wouldn't wouldn't use Dave Meltzer as a source. When Dave Meltzer says something, when he reports on something, when he says, that's what I heard, people pay attention to it. And one of our things here as a couple of fans who like hearing the backstage stuff, we absorb this information and then we try to figure out, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? Well, here's another Does thing this too. line up? Does it make sense? Here's another thing too. If, if you're on social media, if you're on Twitter and you're going through, and I saw a lot of people talking about what Dave had to say about it. Yeah. And, you know, Fightful's very good about when they have a story on Select promoting that story and getting word out there about said story. But, you know, if, if, if you don't come across that, you might just see the Meltzer stuff. Or, you know, and this, this, is, this is true for any source that, that, that you know, it, like in this case, simulely Dave, got, Dave and Alvarez got this wrong. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. if there's a story that is give me, getting out there and there's information out there that contradicts it, it's good to get the full picture as opposed sure. to just getting part of it. Yeah, right. So I think yeah. for that, that's one reason that, that if, if, if Meltzer has something interesting to say, whether it's on radio, whether it's in the newsletter, if nothing else, here. If nothing else, what we talk about in the news stories is fodder for conversation for us. Absolutely, is, is yeah. Looking of into it, uh, talking about the veracity of it, how it impacts, how it could impact what we see on TV. That's what we do when we talk about news. Yeah. And so, if we mention something from, say, Dave in this instance, maybe part of the reason we're mentioning it is to is to talk about. All right, how likely is this? Yeah. It's right, not like yeah. us mentioning a news story from Dave is an endorsement of that story. It's a topic right. of conversation for us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, look, we, for anybody who might be new here, we don't purport to be journalists. No. We are a couple of fans who enjoy talking about pro wrestling's behind the scenes and in front of the cameras. And we try to grab the conversations that people are having and discuss them because we're fans and we like to talk about pro wrestling. Like you said, that's a perfect way to put it. It's not an endorsement of of any said news outlet. Um, Dave Meltzer traditionally has a pretty good track record. Historically Lately, speaking, yes. Historically speaking, yeah. Lately. Lately, there's been some bumps on the road. The last two weeks have not been good for Dave. <laughs> no, they have not been. They have not been. Um, and, uh, and yeah, look, and hey, I'll tell you what, though. If come Saturday, if come Saturday on Collision, Hangman comes out there limping or with the crutch, and he says, this is, I'm, I'm out. I'm not going to go. And then it's, it's reported backstage actually that he's not going to go and they don't advertise him any longer for this show. And he doesn't show up at revolution and he does have an ankle injury. Guess what? I'll walk back and say, okay, what Meltzer said was right. Yeah. His guy got it right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. (laughs) Remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. Like sometimes this is what happens sometimes is Dave will, Dave and Brian will, will will have a conversation about something and they'll just speculate on whatever the, the matter might sure. be. And Sometimes people, people run with that as people news, report that as actual news, yes. And they don't even intend it to be. No, yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. In this case, when he says, Yeah, I heard that that he had a serious ankle injury, this is seemingly Dave saying, Yes, I have heard from sources that there is an ankle injury involved and fightful. And at this point, Sean Ross Sapp is is the gold standard in in the business. He is. When it comes he is. To reporting he deserves the credit for that. Yes. Yeah. And so when when Fifel Select reports that nope, no injury, it's all part of an angle. He's fine. Given their track record, 
you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to believe that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Um, so, uh, yeah, good to know that, uh, evidently in this case, yeah. hangman's all right. So I guess the conversation then turns to, if this is part of an angle, what's the end game for that? Is it a situation He's where that pin? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I figured that was gonna be the case regardless, but yeah. most decidedly now, if he's walking mm. into this match from a storyline perspective with an injury, but he's so hell bent on making sure Swerve doesn't win the championship, that he's willing to go in there at not a hundred percent, probably maybe knowing subconsciously he is certainly eating that pin, but he'll take that to keep Swerve from winning. I love how on tilt he is right now. Oh, yeah, he's unhinged. Yeah, you know, yelling at RVD. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even be in this situation. <laughs> Which was great. Um, I love this iteration of Hangman. Same. I love what they're doing with him and Swerve. Ah, man, I, it's obvious. He would rather, if it came down to, if I said, hey, what would you rather have happen? You win the world title or Swerve? I'm sorry. Uh, you eat the pin in a match that Swerve doesn't, gets to be robbed of the world title or you win the world title, I think he might actually prefer the former or at least have to weigh them out because he's so determined to keep Swerve away from that world title. Um, that seems to be more of a motivation than him winning the damn thing. It does. And so the idea of him eating that pin, as long as it's to Samoa Joe... Might imagine, not be. Yeah. Imagine the finish of the match. Sorry to interrupt. The match of Revolution is 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 Paige getting choked out with Coquina Clutch, and for whatever reason, Swerve is selling something. I don't know what it is, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you know he he he's with it enough that he can make eye contact with Hangman, and ha mm -hmm. and Hangman's pa about to pass out, but he looks at Swerve and he smiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, oh, that's that a good one. That's stuff, a good scenario you know? right there. Yeah, that could be that's fun. A good. <laughs> he can rest easy because he's passing out and yeah. he's going to, and Swerve doesn't get the win. Yeah. Hey, that's a really good booking idea right there. That'd be awesome. So if you're watching um, Tony Khan, you can have that one for free. There you go. There that'd you be go. Good. Uh, speaking, oh, that'd of, be good. speaking of creative ideas, sounds like you might be getting some new creative ideas there in AEW. Uh, it was reported first by Sports Illustrated, later officially announced by Tony Khan. AAW has hired former WWE writer Jennifer, Jennifer Pepperman as the company's VP of content development. Uh, Pepperman, who had been with WWE since 2017, just left WWE last week on most recent Wrestling Observer Radio. Mm -hmm. Melzer talked mm -hmm. about uh, Pepperman's hire by AAW, saying, quote, well, when she quit last week, I was actually told by WWE that they expected that she would be at an a at AEW very soon. Um, this transcript from WrestlingNews.co uh, because of her connection with Mercedes, as Mercedes is a personal is okay. a personal writer a, as Brian Gortz is to Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a weird. Phrase. It's a weird. I I, I get the analogy uh, Dave's making there, but it, yeah, it's kind of an oddly worded sentence. As Mercedes is a personal writer, as Brian Gortz is to Dwayne Johnson. So she got a job as vice president and creative. She's going to be a part of the creative team, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Look, if you know, assuming all that is—I mean, she did get her own all elite graphic, mm -hmm. uh, so you know that part has been totally confirmed. Um, and uh, and I guess yeah, it would make some amount of sense uh, in this case uh, that if she was indeed sort of the writer for Mercedes. I mean, I. 
you have to think, you have to think then that there is going to be a concerted effort to feature Mercedes Monet, which would place a heavier emphasis on the women's division in total, you would think. You would you'd like to think. You would hope. You know, it's not going to replace everything else that's going on. No, you, you would. Know. You no. You wouldn't. You would. You would hope not. Um, yeah, that'd be the hope that if now that Mercedes coming in, seemingly at big business, coming up here in what about two weeks' time, mm-hmm. and and as part of negotiating her deal, she managed to seemingly get her own rider. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, if, if she has that level, if Mercedes has that level of sway already, you know, hopefully that's used to benefit the women's division as a whole, as we saw in WWE, you know, one of the reasons reportedly um, that she uh, was upset and walked out was with how the women's tag division was being booked. It yeah, wasn't necessarily right. how she was being booked. It was about how the division was being booked. The titles were, yeah, it was it was a very, you know, it was, the titles were kind division. of booked as, you know, like, an afterthought at a lot of times. They were, you know? yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And her and Naomi took issue with that and stood mm-hmm. up for themselves and stood up for yeah. the division. So yeah. the hope is, yes, she's coming in. You remember when Paige came to AEW, Soraya, and said, I'm here and we're going to change change things for the better. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly the same. This episode of Going In Raw is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, Steve... Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of people who might think that relationships need to be easy to be right. But some of the best relationships are those where both parties put in the work to make them great. I know that some of my most important relationships were strained back in my mid-20s and I was dealing with severe anxiety. Therapy allowed me to learn the skills I needed to better cope with my anxiety and help me face the challenge of mending those relationships. That's right. And therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you may face in any of your relationships, be it friends, work, your significant other, anyone. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is completely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. All you got to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Then you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com dot com slash raw today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help. H E L P dot com slash raw. Yeah, man, you know, she, she had this whole big promo and you know, we had said what we're saying now we'll see. Hopefully, you know, I hope she's right. Hopefully that that'll be true. Um, and you know, it just didn't, you know, you look at it now, she's actually doing some fun stuff on rampage with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Harley. Uh, but there hasn't been really, I mean, look, we did get two women's matches on dynamite last night. They have actually been to, it's sort of like the gimmick is, you know, whatever you can do, Tony, I can do better. And so there, there's a motivation for having those matches back to back. I hope that once that idea runs its course post-revolution, that they continue with that amount of time and coverage given to their division because they've got a lot of good stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Mercedes will help kickstart that. I'll be, you know, anything, anything that that keeps your product fresh and uh, and you know warms it up a little bit because it's a little bit on the cold side right now. Let's yeah. let's pivot really quick in terms of cold. To Wardlow, 
Yeah. What do you think of his promo last night? It's it's designed to get him sort of kickstarted, I think, because yeah. after the Adam Cole injury, and I think what looked like to be big plans with him in the Undisputed Kingdom, that sort of stalled out a little bit. He's doing the same thing over and over again, just powerbombing the crap out of people. And now he's delivering this promo. They want to get him into a world title situation. What did you think of his promo in terms of getting him there? So I thought it was a good job of really towing the line between regular Wardlow voice, which we've seen. And I'm not necessarily talking about it it, it completely in terms of the timbre of his voice. Yeah. In terms of speaking from him from a genuine, you know, sense from a genuine point of view. Yeah. Versus pro wrestling voice Wardlow, mm-hmm. which has been kind of the predominant presentation we've seen of Wardlow, and it just hasn't necessarily worked. I don't, I don't feel like there mm-hmm. was that one promo where he seemingly spoke mostly in his usual everyday talking voice. That sit down interview he had with JR that was 95% of it pretty darn good until the end when he turned on pro wrestler voice. You're like, all right, let me tell you was, something, brother. That was unnecessary. So this seemed, in terms of in ring promo, I, I, it's probably the best one he's done so far. Yeah, yeah. He, he felt was mo- he was most confident. He felt yeah. co- it seemed confident. It felt genuine. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it was stilted or forced. Yeah, he seemed comfortable. He did, which goes a long ways. Um, no, I thought I thought it was a, it was a good showcase for kind of his mission statement going forward. What he is hoping to accomplish. I know a lot of people are talking about the references to CM Punk in there. You know, yeah. I know CM Punk won that match against Warlow, but Warlow powerbombed him like eight times. Yeah, it was right, the yeah. it was the Diesel Bret Hart thing, mm-hmm, the roll up you know, thing, yeah, um, from from years ago. Um, he talked about beating MJF. He talked about choking out Samoa Joe when they were feuding mm-hmm. over the TNT title. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of him laying out his case of why he should be in world title contention, I thought he did a solid job of that. Yeah, same. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought it was a good moment for Wardlow. Um, maybe it was the backward hat that made him more confident in the ring. You know, sometimes sometimes it's a small thing, man. Um, well, it's like the classic yeah. classic approach to acting is is you dress as the character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And that informs yeah. who the character is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if all it took was taking that hat, putting on backwards, he's like, ah, now I know who Wardlow is. What do you see as more likely? Uh, Hangman eats the pin against Samoa Joe. Uh-huh. And they, to extend Samoa Joe's reign out a little bit more, put Swerve on pause. Maybe he continues a thing with Hangman. Oh, definitely. That's definitely happening. So in the meantime, Wardlow takes an L to Samoa Joe. Or do you see this as... He's got a more certain path or a more focused path, I should say, because Wardlow ain't going to be the next guy. And the next guy is going to have that title for probably a little while, maybe even till let's say, let's say Swerve wins it at hell. Let's do this. Let's say, well. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's, Big business is coming up. There's yes. going to be a title match there. Is that going to be Wardlow Samoa Joe? I don't know if there's going to be a title match there because it's like the, a week after the pay per view. I don't think it's a certainty there's going to be a, a, a title match there. I don't. Let's say there won't be. I don't think there's a certainty. The issue is, you've got Swerve, you got Hangman, you got MJF when he comes back. 
Oh, who knows when that's going to be? Yeah. Adam Cole when he's healthy. Yeah, when's that going to be? Don't know. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen immediately, but Will Ospreay is going to get a massive push. And you got Okada, who's going to get, you'd mm-hmm. assume, a significant push when he shows up at AEW. That's six names that I think are already ahead of the line over Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he's going to get a world title match, is he going to win? Absolutely not. Because I think those six names right there are probably before him in line in terms of getting a title reign. The next pay-per-view that I know of is Double, Double or, nothing. or Nothing. Unless there's one. I, I mean, think there might be one in April. I could are they going to do another one? They're going to do things. Maybe start I doing I the saw something about that. Around there. That could have been um, something from a dream I think I thought was reality. Oh, that could be. That could be. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this leaves him. I wonder if it would have been a better idea. I like Adam Cole saying he's going to go up to the world title and give it to me. It was weird. I I just wonder if, you know, with Roderick Strong going after the international title, and I think he's going to win that. Um, I wonder if Wardlow should have put his eyes on the TNT title because he has so much history with that title. Mm-hmm. You could do, dude, you could do a thing where Copeland gets kind of screwed again where if Wardlow wins this big meaty thing that they're doing because they announced some like, meat big meat match. Yeah, meat madness. Um, you know, WWE's not going to do the big meaty men match, then I guess AEW's going to do it. Uh, you know, he wins that and that gets you a shot. Edge wins the title against Christian at Revolution. Wardlow cashes in either on the next Dynamite or well, Ed, after the match Cope, of Revolution. Cope's not going to be at Revolution because he's not Oh, that's right. It's Garcia. Clear. Yeah, it's Garcia. It's Garcia. That, you could do the same thing against Garcia. And it's like then you can maybe look. Christian, I think, has done a decent job rehabilitating that TNT title. Oh, yeah. So it kind of means something. Now, I thought yeah. when Cope won it, I was like, oh, okay. Cope's, Cope and Christian putting this thing on the map again. I like that. You could do the same thing with Wardlow. Give him a eight month reign with this damn thing. Wait, you know, he can wait out that world title scene and you could do title for title. And Wardlow could win it if he gets hot enough. It thing. remains to be seen. But that's the thing, though. It's like you immediately put him on this world title push. And, you know, he's got to have some decent sized distraction from it to, to take him off that path, because the only other path is eating a loss to, yeah, one of the six dudes you talked about, to Samoa Joe or one of them other dudes who, you know, are probably next in line for that world title. So, I mean, I like the idea that, okay, let's get him focused again. I don't know that focusing on something that just isn't going to happen yeah. is the way to go. I mean, not anytime soon anyways. I mean, I don't see it happening for him within the next 18 months. No, I don't either. I if he either. gets really hot, but you got to do that through some other feuds and maybe in a different title. You got to do that with telling some interesting stories with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to this point, he's had one interesting story, and it was his tie. That was a really good one, the yep. MJF one. Yep, that was a hell of a story right it there. It was. It really was. He had such boy. He had such he had such weight to his character. I know. It was there was so much internalized. And I, I'd like to see him reach that level of, you know, uh, 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 being an interesting character again. Definitely. Um, and I don't. May, hopefully, this promo will lead to that. But uh, I, he, there was such confidence about his there character was. back there. then. And there was. I thought and there was. I thought there was during his promo too. 
I think there was too, but you've got that like, oh man, I'm really pissed on. I'm bitter promo thing. You got to be careful with that too. I thought it was a well-delivered promo. Yeah. You got to act on that, you know, and, and, and beating Seidel a bunch of, a bunch of Matt Seidel's a bunch of times. That ain't yeah. going to be the thing. No. He's got to beat some meaty well, names. Well, I mean, if he, if he beat Mike, Matt, Matt Seidel and, and 15 clones of Matt Seidel, that'd be pretty, pretty fascinating. <laughs> all at the same time? Yeah, all at the same time. Yeah, I'd love to see that. That'd be cool. But then isn't then is it like, you know, 14 clones of like Brian Cage, a guy who's like a bit more powered up? Well, I guess that's the next step. Yeah. OK. And then, you know, 13 clones of you Lance, know, Archer. Like Lance Archer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them big dudes who eat you, them jobs. You think man. one Lance Archer would be enough to be a champion. You think 13 would be a certainty. No, they all lose to war. There really should be a title like, a you know, be, beat a bunch of clones title. There should be. Yeah, man. Uh, Dynamite started out with uh, the. Oh, Black here let's Poodle. talk about something else real quick. There's okay. a, there's there's a couple things that I think are worth discussing here before we get into mm-hmm. the the, mat, the segment by segment breakdown. Sure. Let's talk about Sting's promo. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Because I watched it, so I, I I started watching it the, the the East Coast feed a little early to try to get a head start on it, so I wasn't up super late last night. We get to bed yeah, right. hour. And so when. The, you know, the, the introduction of it with Darby saying, hey, we've been looking through old pictures, you know, kind of reminiscing on the road to Sting's retirement. And, and you know, he, he has a picture of Sting's sons when they were younger, about the same age as the Young Bucks kids are now. And and so Sting takes a picture and just, you know, he revealed during the promo that his father passed away about a week ago. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you could hear and feel the emotion in Sting's voice, not just as it relates to his father's passing, but how revolution is the culmination of his entire career. Yeah. You know, it felt like this promo felt like for the first time, the weight of it all, he was feeling it. Yeah. And it was, it was absolutely brilliant stuff. It was, it was this like simply photographed, but really well lit. Yeah. Um, uh, the setup was great, and just the raw emotion from Sting, it it just, like, reached out from the television and just grabbed you. It was so good. His voice was different. It was much more genuine. He was you know, talking Sting, much quieter, yeah. God bless him. He really has turned. He's, this last, this run of his in AEW for now three years, the one word that I can really use to describe it is fun. It's clear that Sting is having the time of his life. And it's one thing to have all this fun and and go out on top on your own terms and say what you will about AEW. They really have let Sting have that fun and do what he wants to do. And he's taken advantage of that in a way that's really that's really been entertaining. And it doesn't take away from the rest of the show. No, it adds quite a bit to the show, and he has seemingly sort of charted this path. A lot of it, it seemingly, what we've heard, Tony Khan has basically said, whatever you want to do, you do. And he has used this time to have fun, get other acts over, even though they're like undefeated, like Sting does help out other people. And... I wonder if it's easy to get lost in the realization that this is all coming to an end because he's having so much fun. And something like losing your father, I I got emo- I got I teared up during this because obviously, you know, I lost my dad recently. 
and to to lose your father two weeks removed from the end of this amazing run of his, this career, which has been epic and legendary, and the weight that that loss might, you know, things get real when 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 you lose a parent. I mean, that's one thing that I've, I've, I've very much learned is, you know, you lose that security blanket that you've had, because it's clear that Sting from his comp from just a couple sentences has a relationship that many of us have with our parents. And that is one where they're our hero. Mm -hmm. They are there for us. They are our biggest booster. They are in many ways, the reason why we have able been able to succeed uh, in, in careers, in, in family as, as family people. Mm -hmm. And, the weight of that loss coupled with the end of his career, that was all in this promo. And I so hesitate to call it a promo. Technically that's what it was, but his words, what he said to the camera, to the audience, just rang so true in, in almost a devastating fashion. Mm -hmm. um, and it adds so much more to this match against the Young Bucks. And you know, they're doing their 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 goofy EVP thing. And I have no doubt that once we hit revolution, they are going to carry the weight of this and probably not goof it up a, a bunch, you know, within the vacuum of this match. Yeah. yeah. Um, an absolutely wonderful statement from Sting. Yeah. And and it, his run really has been special with Darby and and you know, I, I had thought for a little while, man, it'd have been cool if we can get a, if we could have gotten a, a feud out of these two. And now I don't even want that. You no. know, no. <laughs> I'm like, they, this was this has been really really good. And uh, and and I love this for Darby that he's been able to to find this on this ride of his in pro wrestling, mm -hmm. a lucky guy and a guy who's also taken advantage of every of everything that this has been. Um, yeah, a really, a really wonderful promo for Sting. And my heart just goes out to the guy because Same. I don't care if, you know, you're 45 or, or in his case, 65 losing a parent is a hell of a thing. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and, and my heart really does go out to the yeah, guy. Mine does too. Mine does too. Uh, the, the, the kind of flip side of, of that is Ric Flair showing up, but also he wasn't woo or whoa, he wasn't doing that. He wasn't wooing, bro. I'm telling when when I think it was uh, God. Which podcast was it? I sent you that tweet when it, oh, it was yeah. reported that Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah. is developing a uh, a movie based on Ric Flair. Uh, who is it? The Black Guy Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> tweeted out. I know the perfect person to play him, and it's the fool that did uh, the the Flair Iron and Claw. Iron Flair. Claw. Yeah, Flair and Whoa. Iron Claw. Whoa. <laughs> um, but on Dynamite, Ric Flair wasn't doing that. No, like you could. He was talking so softly at times. I, I had trouble hearing him when he was yeah. talking to Renee. So he goes up to Renee as he as he arrives in the arena and says to her, uh, essentially, I got to explore all my options. I thought I'd be more involved in Sting's retirement tour. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, honestly, he hasn't been because one of the things I think for the most part that's really highlighted Sting's retirement tour is how selfless he's been. That's been the case mm -hmm. for the entirety of his run in AEW. And nothing yep. about it feels self-indulgent. No, I know. Yeah. Um. But anyways, so Flair says, I thought I'd be more involved. So I'm I'm here tonight to explore my options. And so, of course, he goes knocking on the door of the Young Bucks office. Mm -hmm. 
And it wouldn't be a storyline with Sting and Ric Flair if, at least in some capacity, Ric Flair doesn't try to turn on Sting. Now the question is, are they going to take that trope that's been used over and over again in wrestling? Ric Flair turning on Sting and kind of turn it on its head so the expectation is that Flair is going to turn on Sting by aligning with the Young Bucks heading into Revolution only to help Sting in this case. Of course, absolutely a thousand percent. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be a huge pop, big moment for the crowd. There's no, dude, I'm sorry, but there's no way. And, and you know, it wouldn't shock me if Tony Khan said, Sting, you know, what do you want to do? And Sting would say, Young Bucks win. I can I can almost guarantee that Tony Khan and the Young Bucks and Darby Allen are probably all like, no, you're gonna win. You're going out on top, and there's no there's not gonna be a debate about this yep. one, man. It'd be it'd be one thing if this did if this did end up with Sting versus Darby Allen. I could see Sting insisting I'm putting this dude over. Yeah, yeah. But no, the Young Bucks are the bad guys. Sting is the forever good guy. And uh, and yeah, I absolutely expect the nature boy who really does need the goodwill at this point, uh, even if it is a, a, a kayfabe situation, um, I fully expect, you know, because he showed up complaining about not being there, not being along for the ride. I fully expect him to help Sting get this win. This is going to main event revolution. Oh, yeah. And I don't care what they do after, you know, the match. To, to try to make this a feel-good moment. It won't be a feel-good moment unless Sting wins. He needs to win this damn thing. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say this to the camera. Tony, if you're paying attention, because I know he watches the show. Absolutely. Tony Khan, Sting has to win. You know, overwrite. Even if they're in the middle of the match and the plan is for Sting to lose, nah, nah. you know, they're going to be calling an audible on this one. Sting's going to win. Sting's going to win. Yep. Yeah. He's yep. got to win, man. Yeah, he's got to win. He's got to win at this point. Absolutely. Uh, I guess we can get into it now. Show kicked off right. with uh, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Blackpool Combat Club members taking on FTR. Uh, they did the time limit thing again. Yeah, didn't they do that last week? They did uh, two weeks ago, I think. It was it was Hangman and Swerve went to the time limit. Oh yeah, I think that's it was right. two weeks ago. Yeah, and now that's the situation I'm mind doing from time to time. But if you want a, a match to end with no winner, there's other ways you can go as opposed to the time limit deal. Do a double count out. This would have been perfect for like a brawl because it ended like the entire segment ended yeah. with a giant brawl. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know about the time limit draw. Look, I mean, it means we got the most amount of match possible between these two teams, and this was a really, it was fun really good, match. especially the latter half. Of it was was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. The bit with Claudio and the sharpshooters and the slap it and then all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really, really good. Um, yeah, really fun match. But uh, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, the draw. FTR is looking for a shatter machine, and they get a they get a, a was it a mocks up, and as soon as they get him up, about to hit shatter machine, bell rings. And so mm. they even hit shatter machine. Dax just kind of drops him. He's like, can I put a sharpshooter <laughs> on him still? Sort of no. Falls, all right. Yeah. And they start off. They start fighting, and then the locker room empties out to break up the brawl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's gonna be a good match at Revolution. It's kind of weird in my mind still why they just didn't have the match at Revolution as opposed to doing this. It's time limit business, but whatever, it's fine. Hey, I'll take it. I'll, t- yeah, I'll take good. this match. It's I'll good. take this match. Yeah, it's good. After that, we had an Orange Cassidy interview. So Renee's like, you've been through a lot. Chuck injured, laid out. Rocky Romero laid out. He's hurt too. Trent, he got laid out. Uh, was it last week? Then Orange, you went to England. 
he was at the Rev Pro show, mm-hmm, defended yeah. his title there. He went to Tony Khan. I went with Tony Khan there to do some press as well. Mm-hmm. And you've even got a title defense against Roderick Strong on Revolution. Are you even ca- uh, cleared to compete? And Orange is there, and, and so is the, the doctor. And mm-hmm. Orange says, well, I mean, that's why I'm standing in the hallway. Doc's going to let me know. And so the doctor says to Renee that Orange has met minimum medical clearance. So Renee's like, you're telling me he's barely cleared to compete. And Orange says, well, if I'm cleared, I'm good to go. I'm going to compete. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> minimum medical clearance in AEW. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is uh, some tells me they should have they should they should have programmed the show slightly differently because after all that, then they showed a recap of all of Orange Cassidy's adventures over the United Kingdom. It's like, don't oh, you show yeah, that first yeah. and then do the interview yeah. afterwards? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a really good point. It's like, hey, as we've just seen. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a perfect that. introduction into the interview. But anyways, yeah. So we have an FTR interview. They're just sort of like backstage and sort of the I don't know loading dock or whatever it is. And Marvez is like uh, with FTR, and uh, he's uh, Dax is like, um, oh no. And Marvez says FTR, if you had ten more seconds, uh, you know you're gonna win. And Dax is like, hey, here's the thing, man. We came to kick their ass. That's what came here to do because they say they run this place. They think everybody should bow down to them. We don't bow down to anybody. Except for CM Punk and Bret Hart. So what I suggest, Revolution's coming up. Maybe we don't have a match. They don't have a match. I say Revolution, and then Blackpool Combat Club shows up, and then they're all like, rah, 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 rah. So Yes, yeah, argue a bunch. The refs are trying it's going to be a hell of a good match, though. It's going to be a really it's gonna good match. It's going to be really good. It is going to be really good. Yeah. Uh, then we got Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett. This was a fun bout. Uh, you know, the, the idea is that the, the kingdom, Taven and Bennett, are content to focus on softening up Orange Cassidy for Roderick Strong as opposed to necessarily beating him. That's what Taven right. said after the death match. And he had a backstage promo that was actually pretty good. And yeah. commentary was talking about that during this match. So Bennett was just doing a bunch of suplexes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, eventually the match goes uh, to the outside. They get back in the ring. Uh, 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 Roddy comes down to distract the ref. That allows Bennett to punch Orange Cassidy right in the front area. Yeah. Um, and then where am I on here? That's my favorite version of a low blow, by the way. Oh, it's just when a punch just right loads up. Yeah, <laughs> just a punch. Whip so the finish saw Orange duck a clothesline. He hits a super kick. Bennett responds with a couple of huge forearms, and then Orange just hits a beach break to get the win after the, after the match ends. Taven comes out, attacks Orange. Roderick Strong follows pretty closely behind him, hits him with a jumping knee, and they got a couple chairs, and then Jake Hager, who mm-hmm. I think is scheduled for a match against Strong on Rampage. Yeah, Roddy on Rampage runs out to make the save. Mm-hmm. They're in Oklahoma. So He's from Oklahoma, I guess. Ah, all that. He's going to yeah. lose to Roddy on Rampage, though. Yeah, I imagine Orange Cassidy will probably help him out and make the save after that match or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, hey, you know what? Hager needs something to do, so I guess sure, so. why not? He got a big, he got a good pop, yeah. so you know, good job for he him. He doesn't have the hat anymore. That's probably a good thing, man. You really, your whole gimmick. You really like that hat, though, Steve. I know there was too much, too much hat. You got to back off from the hat. Um, I don't know why I was just thinking about this, but uh, did you read today that uh, Bobby Roode technically is is cleared to wrestle now? Yeah, and he's that. like, I don't want to do that anymore. Man, he could have been huge. He was massive. He had NXT, Bob Roode, and main roster. I know, I know. It'd been incredible. Anyways. Incredible. Apparently, he's doing a great job as producer. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. 
Angelo Parker had an interview. Oh boy, you know I know these are re- this two these two are a real couple. I this was so. Uh-uh. The one thing I liked about it is it 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 naturally led to the next segment. You know what I mean? It was the idea that this world is you don't have these little self-contained bits because that's so, so yeah, much that's of dynamite. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Is we have an interview, we go to the different segment. But they had this bit where Parker's asked, hey, you got your first date with Ruby tonight. How do you feel? And goes, it's wild. You know, more than anybody else says to Renee, you've been on this process. So I'm excited, but I'm nervous. And then Ruby steps in. And Renee's like, all right, I'm going to leave you two to it. And then SUV pulls in. And Ruby says, is that ours? Is that our ride? Mm-hmm. And Angela's like, no, I got us an Uber. So they step out of frame. And the camera moves closer to the SUV. Ric Flair yeah. exit the SUV. So we have one segment end as another begins. That's something right. we've been wanting You're- for AEW for a while. You're absolutely right. They don't do that often enough. You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, but two people acting nervous about being on a first date. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, I know it's awkward. (laughs) But then we go to commercial, we come back, and then we have the Ric Flair interview. And so Renee says, you know what? Sting's match is coming up. It's final match. What are your thoughts? Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Flair says, you know, we've known each other for a while, so I'm going to be honest with you. And I don't care if anybody likes it or not. I'm disappointed. When I signed up for this, I thought I'd be a, a, a bigger part of the picture. I'm not upset with Sting the person or Sting the icon. I'm just upset I'm not more involved. I feel like I should be right in the middle of everything between you and I. I'm just going to explore some other options. So he walks away. Camera follows him. And he goes and knocks on the Young Bucks dressing room door. And they answer. And Flair says, hey, do you have some time? And Matt's like, yeah, come on in and talk. Yep. Yep. Uh, after that, we had a, a Daniel Garcia interview. Shivani says Cope is unable to compete, but Garcia is going to get a TNT title shot. Are they going to make Garcia the next TNT t- uh, champion? I don't think so. Cope comes down, helps him out. I think it'd be cool. I think Garcia has been. He, he I think they really like Garcia though. Yeah, they've been they've been really focusing on Garcia, but I, I don't know until and I don't know. I don't know. It kind okay. of feels like that. You'd think that Cope would be the one to be Christian for, but maybe um, Cope there being selfless is like, I don't need this title. I, I kind of feel like that. And it's like, if you want to roll with like a young dude, cause it's been on Christian. He's an older guy. He's still a hell of a wrestler. Um, you know, Christian's, gosh, darn it. Christian's response to Garcia last night. Wow. <laughs> so let's get to it. So wow. the crowd is chanting, you deserve it. Garcia says, a lot of the time, I feel like I don't deserve it. So thanks for saying that. Ever since I got into this business, I feel like I was destined for great things. Everybody told me that I was going to be great. But a couple months ago, I was on my lowest point in my career, maybe one of my lowest points in my life. I started to lose that confidence. I started to lose that feeling. But I knew going through all that, that three seconds was all I needed at the end of the Continental Classic. I got those three seconds. And I like that because they're referencing something that happened in you know, his whole story. It's good. Yeah, it's good. He says, uh, I took full advantage of those three seconds. Those three seconds changed my life. Every single time I got down, you all pick me back up. Every single time I dance, you dance with me. He really does have the best Tron, too, because in the middle, it's just a giant him dancing in slow motion. It's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, So he says, uh, and guys, I really can't thank you enough for helping me restore that feeling. And Adam Copeland, nobody knows how the match would have ended last week, but I have full confidence that that match went any longer. I would have made you tap out. It's not over between you and I because I'm going to see you again, but you better believe the next time I see you, I'll be holding a TNT title. And that brings me to Revolution. Christian Cage, I have a message for you. I'm going to take you down. So pause really quick. You could do Christian here in a second. Him having the TNT title, beating Christian for it, 
and then beating Edge in their rematch. Huge. That's huge, huge. for him. That's what you want to do right now. You're Absolutely. building up Hangman. You're building up Swerve. You're building up your youth. This is the next guy. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. I think it'd be great. But I you believe it when you see it. I'll believe it when I see it. So Christian interrupts with the patriarchy. If I throw my pen all over the place and Christian says, Adam Copeland will not have another chance at my TNT title ever. Do you understand me? Now, Tulsa, sit down, shut your mouths while I conduct my business. Now, Daniel, what happened to you last week was just a byproduct of you being in the ring with Adam Copeland, but it worked out pretty well for you because now you stand there as the number one contender for my TNT title at Revolution. You've been on a hell of a run lately, racking up wins left and right, but I have to say, as much as I would love to step in the ring with you and wrestle one-on-one for this title, I really don't think it should happen at Revolution. It's not that I don't think you're worthy, Daniel. It's that I don't think you're ready. Now, the other thing I need to tell you is that you're easily distracted. Don't get me wrong, as much as the next person, I like your dance moves and your gyrations just fine, but they're distractions, aren't they? You want to make these people smile. You want to make these people entertain. You just want to make these people go home and say, that Daniel Garcia was great, wasn't he? I just want to leave the arena every single night as the most dominant TNT champion of all time. But we both know why you're the way you are, Daniel. I know something these people don't know. That you had a pretty dark childhood, didn't you, Daniel? You didn't have so many happy memories, did you? Hey, I have a question for you. Do you know a Jackie Garcia who lives at 2 Baker Court in Buffalo, New York? Oh, Can you confirm to me that Jackie was married to David Garcia? I understand that David Garcia was your father, and your father is dead. There's a lot of dead dads in TNT, aren't yeah. there? I mean, uh, in, in, uh, yeah. in AEW. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's consistent with Christian. Someone's got a father who's passed away. He, he makes a point of it, you know? Yeah, but it's like everybody he faces. Like, do they just choose people? Okay, who here has a dead dad? Oh, Raise your hand. That could be. Christian, 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 Christian. So, he continues, Now, wouldn't it be a wonderful fairy tale ending for you to walk out of Revolution with a TNT title or raise it above your head in memory of your late great father? But let's be honest, Daniel. You know as well as I do, your father wasn't so great, was he? Your father was actually a piece of crap. Mm. Your father was a loser alcoholic that lost his life to the bottle. Unlike him, I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. Unlike him, I want to make sure you realize your full full potential. At Revolution, Daniel, I don't want to be your opponent. I want to be your father. Oh, my goodness gracious. So Garcia responds, Christian, if you ever open your mouth about my mother in your life again, you're not going to like what happens. Since you want to talk about dead relatives so much, since you know so much about my dead father, how about you come down to the ring and I'll put you in the ground right next to him. So he throws the mic down, takes his jacket off. Christian sends Nick Wayne to the ring. Garcia takes him down, puts him in a dragon tamer. Christian sends Luchasaurus to the ring, but Daddy Magic rushes in and blasts him with a chair and slides another into the ring to Garcia. Another reason why he could win at Revolution? Mid-titles. If Roderick Strong beats Orange Cassidy, then you got a heel, and yeah. then you want to have the other mid-card title be... Babyface. With a face. The babyface. Babyface. It was a good segment for Garcia. It was really good. It was. It was It was really good, yeah. Yeah. After that, we had a Hangman Page, Rob Van Dam hook interview. So Renee asked Page, you know how you feel in the head of tonight's match? And he says, tonight is a night of opportunity. Opportunities for all three of us. Opportunity for you, Hook, to avenge your loss to Samoa Joe. An opportunity for you, Rob, to redeem yourself after you lost to Swerve Strickland in a hardcore match. And if you'd only beat him, we wouldn't be here in the first place. But that's not the point. Then RVD interjects and goes, I'm not happy anyways. And for the record, was Nana even there? I heard he'd have something I'd be interested in. <laughs> so Paige responds, hey, this is serious shit. 
We have a chance tonight before revolution to hurt Swerve Strickland. That's what we're going to do. That's our plan. Stick to it. You both owe me. And he storms off. <laughs> oh, I He's love so this version of Hangman. He really is. Uh, after that, we had Tony Storm versus Cindy Winnell. Winnell? Winnell. Uh, Winnell? Winnell, I believe they said. I like this match because Tony, I always love when Tony hits a Thes press. Love the Thez press. The running Thez press, no less. Yes. Yeah. She ends up getting the uh, the win here, though. With she has she gets a she hits a storm zero, locks on an ankle lock. She lets go, then locks on Venus de Milo. And That's Deanna Prazzo's taps. finisher. I know exactly. Then Deanna comes down. Tony's about to make her exit. They meet uh, on the ramp. They have a stare down, and they do that great half color, half black and white deal. Yeah, looks really great. Uh, and then Deanna has a match against Madison Rain. There was a scary moment here. Looks like there was a bit of miscommunication. It led to Madison Rain getting dumped on her head. Yeah. She was okay. They kind of wrapped up the match right after that, though. Uh, Madison Rain ended up tapping out to the ankle lock. And then yes. uh, Tony runs back to the ring, swings at Deanna with her shoe. Deanna hits her with a pump kick. Instead, Mariah gets on the apron. Deanna takes a swing at her. Tony locks on the ankle lock. The ref implores Luther to get in the ring and break up the hold. Tony does break it. She gets some lipstick from Luther and just starts like putting all of it on her on her mouth. It was hilarious. Yeah. She looked like a crazy person. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> she had like a weird smile going on yeah. too. It was awesome. Yeah. It was pretty great. Uh, yeah. Then we had a recap of the Young Bucks attack on Sting and Darby, and then we have the Sting and Darby promo. So Darby. <laughs> I do have to say this though about the the Deanna match. Why in the fuck would they then use the being dumped on her head bit for the advertised replay? I know. What was that? I know. I know. Why would you choose that for your, what was it, State Farm, whatever it was, whatever move it was. of the week? Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah, I, I was like, either. why are you showing this again as an advertisement? No, put, do the ankle lock or something. Don't do that. Yeah, right. That was scary. Yeah, that was nuts. Uh, so, yeah, then we had the Sting and Darby promo. So Darby starts. He says, when you're close to the end and look back at life, it really puts everything into perspective, the fame, the spotlight, the material objects we chase that we think define us, but in reality don't mean to think. We've been looking at some old photos today. Sting, is it cool if I show the young bucks some of these pictures? And off-camera, Sting says, yeah. So Darby holds up a picture of Sting with his sons and says, this is a photo of Sting and his sons, Garrett and Steven. You remember them, right? Of course you do. When this photo was taken... They're about the same age as your kids currently are right now. This is this man's flesh and blood. This is the only thing that matters in life in the end is family. So Sting takes the picture he looks at and he says, family's all that matters. It strikes a nerve right now. In all my years as a pro wrestler, no one's messed with my own flesh and blood until you, Bucks. Lots going on in my own personal life in the last couple weeks. This, the Bucks, and only seven days ago or so, another family member of mine, my father, passed away. He was like a hero to me. He taught me right. Makes me think a lot about my own mortality. I used to think I was so invincible, and sometimes I do still feel that way. But time catches up with everyone, and it caught me for sure. I know I'm truly not invincible, but one thing I do know, everything I have left in me, I'm bringing to revolution, and it's going to meet you face to face, you bucks. You have a fight on your hands, the fight of your life. Oh, so good, man. So good. It was so good. It was so good. Then we had Screaming Warplow. I know, I know. <laughs> Get out of my ring before I knock you on your ass again, he says to Shivani. Yeah. I'm pissed off. 
I've been pissed off for a long time. Two years ago, I had thousands of people chanting my name. I was the next big thing, but apparently the rocket that was strapped on my back was turned upside down, and I've been screwed over and over again. You'd think I'd be champ a long time ago, but somehow I've never even received an AEW title opportunity, and people need to be fired and put in jail for that fact. Let's look at some of the people who have held it because there's been a lot of men running around here claiming to be the best, to be better. There's kings, there's gods. So what does that make me? Because the best in the world, the real heavyweight champion, I beat his ass like nobody has in his career. His body's still falling apart because of me. Which brings me to our former champ, the guy who's better than us and we know it. Well, guess what? I squashed him like an insect and beat him like an insect. And beat him like no one else has in his career. Which brings me to the current champ, Samoa Joe. Can someone remind me what happened when he and I were in the ring? I choked his ass out and I beat him too. So I ask again, what does that make me? Sounds like I'm the best in the world, that I'm better than you and you know it. I'm the uncrowned king of AEW and it's time I start eating like one because I've been starving and I'm tired of being fed scraps. Look at me. I'm everything a world champ should be. I'm bigger, faster, stronger than anyone back there. And if anyone wants to get in my way, just know this is no longer wrestling. This is war. This is war. That's his theme song. This is pretty badass, though, man. I hope he. I hope he goes on a tear. Maybe he'll get popular again. You know, if if so long as they do something interesting other than just squash matches, you know, dude. The thing I know. is, you got to tell interesting stories with these characters you've established. Well, dude. On top of that, on top of that, like, because that might be a bit much. He, he, this is this is as simple as it gets, especially for a guy like Wardlow. As simple as it gets. Big wins against big names. He's got to beat more than the cages and the archers, dude. Yeah. He's got to beat a mox. Yeah. He's got to beat clean. And I know, like, <laughs> I know everybody beats this guy, but a Jericho. He's got to beat former champions. And until well, they the show if us want, that, if you want there, to get no some momentum. You want to keep him far away from Jericho as you can. No, I look, I know. I agree. I'm saying like names at that level, though, yeah. you know? Yeah. Even like a guy like Takeshita, who is kind of getting a push right now, show us that Wardlow's above that guy. Yeah, have him beat him again. And I don't, I'm not advocating for this necessarily, but Hobbs, a guy who beat Wardlow before for the TNT title. If you want to show us you're serious about Wardlow, you got to beat Hobbs too. Not advocating for that. I think Hobbs should be up here. I'm just yeah, saying the landscape the way it is now. If you want to show that we're serious about Wardlow. He's got to beat somebody better than uh, Angelico or, uh, you know, Fuego. 15 yes. <laughs> I don't even know who's in the company anymore. Or, you know, the, the stars of Ring of Honor. <laughs> you got you to gotta do a bit better than that. Yeah. He's got to beat some top-level names. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. But I, part of that, though, is, is for the longest time, he wasn't an interesting character. And he wasn't involved in, in, in interesting stories whatsoever. He was in a lawsuit I, yeah. story as soon as he beat MJ. Dude, I don't disagree Massive with that. Ball I'm just, drop. I'm, I'm, I'm just look. A, a, an interesting story. Well, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. But unless you beat guys that are big, in this case, look, ninety nine percent of the time, I agree. You need an interesting story. In the case of Wardlow, he's got to beat somebody who means a damn. Well, I and think sometimes that's, that's it's as simple parcel, as that. It's part and parcel with telling interesting stories. You tell interesting stories of their interesting characters who are probably higher up the card than him. If he goes out and squashes Mox without a story, the crowd will gasp and be like, oh my God, we can take this guy legitimately now. Some, and I'm just saying sometimes it is as simple as 
Let's see him beat somebody who matters, you know? Staying power, yeah, interesting stories for staying yeah. power. But you gotta have him beat somebody who matters, you know? Because up until now, he ain't beat nobody that matters for the past year anyways. Yeah. Uh, then we had a Bang Bang Scissor Gang promo, so Billy apologizes for knocking Jay off the apron. I guess that must happen on Rampage. And he's, and then and the guns were like, well, you gonna apologize for using our finisher? And he's like, no. I'm your dad. I'm your dad. He, but he says, I feel like I could be a collision cowboy. Maybe get together and do like we did back in the old days. And Jay says, ah, the good old days when you won six-man gold with your old man. He says this to, the, to Austin and Colton. He says, or did that not happen until you two, uh, for you two until Switch Dad stepped on the seat? I like that he's trying to sow division between everybody. It's great. Yeah. yeah this is like a mess they're of a faction, faction, but he's like, he's trying to pit people against each other. This is a mess of a fact. It really is. So he goes, Billy, Mr. Gunn, Papa. I like the idea of you joining the Collusion Cowboy. So how about on the next collision is Colton. It's Billy Gunn. And Switchblade Jay White, not Austin, as the Collision Cowboys representing the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. And they all seem cool with it. And Bowen says, no matter the combo, Bang Bang Scissor Gang rules the world because everyone loves the acclaim. Guns yep. up. Yep. And then we had... <laughs> Callis family interview. I mean, he announced there's going to be a Meat Madness match. I don't know what that entails, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. I assume it's just like a bunch of big dudes. Has uh, Takeshita always been this fucking loked? You see the size of his yeah. arms? Yeah, dude. He's huge. He's been huge for a while. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's good. Like 6'2 or 6'3. Yeah. Man. Anyways. He's jacked. Uh, yeah. So Renee asked Takeshita. Uh, I'm sorry. Renee asked how Takeshita versus Osprey is going to help the Callis family. Good question, because I want to know, too. It's not, because Osprey's going to leave the Callus family after this match. Yeah. Uh, Don answers, though. Put a lot of thought into it. It's going to help us big time. Why? Because win or lose, the two best rope-to-rope wrestlers in the world, Osprey and Takeshita, are still going to be a part of the Callus family. No, they're not. That is such a non-answer. Well, he it's, says, it's uh, sowing the seeds for Osprey to leave, because that's his expectations. <laughs> yeah. He says, uh, we just saw Osprey have a great farewell to the UK. Tony Khan was even there cheering him on. There was a thought that Will was going to be on the flight with Tony Khan on his way back to the USA, but he did not. Why? Because I'm on my way with the Callis family jet to pick Will Ospreay up in the UK and bring him back here for the match. And I'm very excited about that. So I'm, I'm so excited. I even uh, uh, got the meat madness. Hobbs is the biggest, strongest, most violent man in this company, and he's going to hurt a lot of people in that match. Lastly, uh, the fly in the ointment, Sammy Guevara. I haven't forgot about you, you little cuck. I've heard you're going to be in Tulsa at Rampage, and you and I and the family are going to have a score to settle. I'm going to keep my eye on you. Yeah. Meat Madness. Who's going to be in Meat Madness? So on Wikipedia, it says Hobbs. It says uh, Wardlow. And then TBD. All right. So who knows? I wonder if it's going to be elimination or just uh, straight up uh, fatal four-way, five-way. It should be like like Conlon match. (laughs) <laughs> you love your gauntlet matches. Gauntlet matches are great. You can tell some fun stories in a gauntlet Are we going to do a gauntlet match on the first episode of We Book Raw? We definitely should. All right. Fair enough. Uh, then we had our main event, Hook, Rob Van Dam, Hangman Adam Page taking on Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage, and Samoa Joe. I thought Brian Cage was in this match to eat the pin, and I was wrong. Yeah, man. It was RVD who took the L, courtesy of a, a, a clutch from Samoa Joe. Uh, of course, Hangman just hell-bent on focusing on Swerve and nobody at Swerve. He had an opportunity. He had a buckshot to potentially win the match and then looks over and sees Swerve on the floor, so he goes up top to try to hit him with a moonsault. That doesn't work out for him. Yeah. Uh, he eventually 
puts Joe back in the ring after he, after Hangman powerbomb swerved through the announce table. He's looking for a buckshot. Joe ducks that. Joe hits Page with a power slam, gets a two. Well, an RVD takes out Brian Cage with a plancha to the floor. Joe is looking for a muscle buster on Hangman, but Hangman escapes, and that's when he starts selling ankle. Mm-hmm. He tags mm-hmm. in RVD. A uh, hook then comes to the ring, hits Joe with a Northern Light suplex. RVD goes up top looking for the frog splash. Cage pushes him off. He hits Hook with a discus lariat. And then Joe puts the clutch on RVD, and RVD passes out. That is correct. Um, I unfortunately forgot to put a question thread up on YouTube. Ah. Apologies to the YouTube channel members, but we do have one on Patreon. We do. So now we're going to answer. Cruz asks... Sorry to interrupt you, Steve. Cruz asked, are AEW doing too many time limit draws? In the last three weeks, the answer is yes. <laughs> Two in the last three weeks is too much. Uh, Ty Moore says, similar to the split screen effect when Tony and Deanna were facing each other, if you two are facing each other and both halves of the screen had to have a special effect, what would your effects be? What a great question. We just have like those old Snapchat filters or something like that. Oh, yeah, like doggy face? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so we good. Just I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, something that's like good. that. The sillier, the better. I'll be honest with you. I know Tony Storm has black and white on lock. Give me sepia tone. I what want you to think that I'm a photograph processing? between. Yeah, you could do that. That's cool. You're like um, like a '60s, '70s. You know, like uh, I don't know. Like a like a indie movie from there like 60s or 70s. There Everybody skip it. We'll skip bleach back then, um, or like a, a Oliver Stone flashback sequence. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I'll take. I, I want you to think that I am some sort of film made between the dawn of cinema and like 1930 or something. And you like should that. be slightly overcranked too, so you move right. A exactly. Bit yeah. Oh man, I love to be overcranked. Uh, Blake here asks, well, a- while AEW has great weekly matches, are they worth it if people keep getting injured because of it? <laughs> uh, is that like the situation? Because like Adam Cole just got injured on like a fluke. Yeah, he jumped like, off running the running down. Yeah. I mean, MJF was put through the ringer. He can't, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah he was. That was, a, that was a pretty, that was a pretty big, yeah, I, I mean, that's kind of the, I, I guess, I don't know. know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, like, I mean, let's, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to like run down like the list of names that are injured right now. Who else is injured? Right uh, now? Ray Who Phoenix is, is out with an injury, I think. That dude's general style is just completely off the wall. So, yeah, you know, he I would wrestle know the same way, whether he was wrestling at the independent show in front of 500 people or with an episode of Dynamite or at in Arena Mexico, you know, I would, you know, you you probably want to keep Sammy Guevara away from the Hardys. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I don't know that one means the other. I don't necessarily think there's a there's enough evidence for a direct correlation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen M. asked if we'd seen Iron Claw yet. I have not, but I want to watch it. It's now for 20 bucks to rent, I think. Let's get that down to free 99. Yes. And you got me on board. I thought it was supposed to be streaming on Max at some point. Oh, probably will be. They've got all the A24 stuff. Yeah. But last I checked, it was, uh, I just checked like two days ago. I happened to see it on my Chromecast thing. And it said it was 1999. So, 
you know, again, once you get that down to 0 0.00 exactly. uh, on max. Free gratis. You know, free gratis. I'm cool with that. Uh, Dax Harwood from Boston. From Boston. Says, was the payoff for Adam Cole's double reveal just Roderick Strong fighting Orange Cassidy? No, it's supposed to be him winning the world title. Uh, however, the the actual payoff we got is, yes, Roderick Strong yeah, fighting Orange it Cassidy. Is. It is. It is, unfortunately. Uh, Alex Foster here asked, if you guys were Von Wagner's young boys like Kyle O'Reilly was, what would you want him to train you for? I really hope Alex Foster has just been binging our old NXT reviews, and he's you know he's gotten to that segment. So Vaughn uh, was well, a collegiate football player, I believe. So he probably knows oh. some good training methods. Okay, specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I know how to lift weights, I can do that. Like I think I have a yeah. pretty good system for that. I'm talking like agility drills. That's what oh, I need. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Increase my foot speed, so I'm out there on the basketball court. I can run circles around you. Okay. Most All of the time, right. I feel like I got I got cement in my shoes. They feel so heavy. Got to get those compression pants. And I'm my, my lower extremities feel like I'm in my 20s again, man. Well, Is it a thing, though, where you wear them and then you feel great and you get home, you take them off, and it's like, oh, all the time has, has caught up to me instantly. <laughs> no, I feel fine. Like, I, I feel fine when I take them off. There's like, no, the first time I wore them, I had like a tingling sensation when I took them off. That's the circulation coming back, Steve. <laughs> Um, but lately, it's no, I just, I peel them off and I feel good. Everything comes out. It's all great. All right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's all the questions that's we got. That's all the questions. <laughs> that was like five minutes of questions yeah, right there. Anyways, that's going to do it for the show today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. No show tomorrow because we're gearing up. We are uh, getting ready. We're preparing oh, yeah, I need a whole for day the 2 a.m. Elimination Chamber stream. So hopefully you will join us for that. We don't blame you if you don't. Oh, yeah, you know, you're noticing all the comments for like the, the predictions. And I think today because I did I did the video where I fill out the predictions yeah, yeah. challenge for WrestleJuice. And people are like, oh, from a British person to you, cry me a river, you know, welcome to my life always. Listen, yeah, y'all can do the I told you so thing situation. I don't live in England. I live in California yeah. over by the 80s. You take that to the 50, to the 5. 405 you know? to the 105. 405 to the 105 to the 10. Um, so, yeah, uh, it sucks. And, uh, you know, I guess if, if you're if you're like, oh, you know, now the Yanks have to deal with it. Well, good for you. Here's I'm not used thing. to it. It's not so much. Old. If I was in my 20s, oh, no huge deal. Dude, I was staying until 5 in the morning on like a regular basis. a.m. Yeah, on the regular. No yeah. I'm Eating old. some That's frosted mini wheats. Is I'm old. Right. And if yes. I'm up past 11 most days. Yeah. I'm just ready to fall asleep. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to have to go to bed like early. Like oh, a nine. Yeah. Like sleep, a Flanders kid. Sleep four hours, hopefully. Uh -huh. Try to get three or four hours of sleep, wake up, and then do it. Because if I stay up the whole my time. Face, it's gonna be, my face is going to be so puffy. Yeah, because you're not going to sleep, are you? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Is. It is. It's, it's a gamble because if you just get three, four hours of sleep and you wake up, you could conceivably feel worse than if you had not slept at all. I get that. So I read once that four-hour intervals are what the body yeah. is used to. So theoretically, if I actually knock out, zonk out at like 10, 
but I can't do that. I mean, that's the thing. Like I have to, it's like nine 30 and then like one 30, I get up, get the grog out, you know, and I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Like, do I just drink a lot of water maybe to like keep myself hydrated? Do yeah. I try some coffee at 2 a.m. in the morning? Don't know. I'm going to be a jittery, tired mess. Well, I don't you, think that's going to You got to worry work. about the effects that coffee could have on your insides too. You don't want to be running to the bathroom. Dumping out during the third match. Exactly. You know, I'm going to end up like that, that NASA lady who wore a diaper to go like, you know, confront a girlfriend or something like that. I don't know what the story was. So what I'll probably do, I'll get up at 1.30. Get the grog out. Put my contacts in. Oh, that's right. You got contact. Oh, Larson. Oh, you got contacts. And then I'll oh. make me a cup of tea. Okay. And so it's a little bit of caffeine, but not the extreme of coffee. I would like something to munch. I'm gonna have some. And I, I'm gonna need a snack too. I'll probably I'll probably munch on a bagel or something like that. A bagel, huh? That makes me sleepy. I know. That's the problem. I mean, I'll just get like I don't know a can of peanut butter. <laughs> sitting like this just nosh on peanut butter the whole time huh i don't know what to do like maybe just maybe i'll have a sandwich maybe i'll make a sandwich at 2 a.m some fritos that's gonna know. put you to sleep man man i'll be so sleepy it's dude light it's gonna suck you know it's, <laughs> there's four matches suck. maybe a breezy two and a half hour show it ain't gonna be breezy man there's only four matches it's not like hey. these chamber matches or rumbles where they're an hour plus they're usually about 35 minutes Listen, can we just agree on this? What? Can we agree on this? If Tony Khan decides to run Perth, we're not doing that live. That's six hours. No, that's too much. I ain't getting up at 2 a.m. and waking and going back to sleep at noon. I'm not doing no, that. No. All right. I mean, I'll be honest. There's no guarantee I get to go back to sleep Saturday at all. <laughs> Those four hours I get, if I get four hours, might be my only four hours of sleep for the day. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna, no I don't know how I'm going to handle that one, man. One thing at a time. Anyways. <laughs> That's going to do it for the show. We'll see you guys around. Goodbye. Bye.